0: You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real training. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to stream. You can also visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com to find out more info about PCLV and visit our event tab to see what's going on this month. Lastly, like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at PCLasVegas. Thank you again and enjoy the message. Come on, give the Lord some praise, amen, and Pastor Adam Friedrich as he comes up, Amen. Praise the Lord. You guys can be seated. Thank you for that. It's been good to be be with you guys. Spent all afternoon with your pastors, hanging out. And uh, I was, I was the, the, Maria, while we were at lunch, said, hey, Art, maybe you should get the air mattress out and, and so Adam can take a nap. And I'm like, are you serious? I don't take naps? What's up with you, man? So, so Maria went upstairs and took a nap, and Art and I talked all day, so it was great. <laughs> it was a good one, see? Let me introduce a couple pe- people to you. Um, from Orange County, moved here to Las Vegas. Really good friends of mine. This is Steve and his wife, April. And uh, yeah, they heard I was going to be here and decided to come. I don't know why, uh, but they came, and uh, I'm happy to see them. Um, I just want to let you know I am driving home tonight. And so, so as soon as we're done here, I'm going to get in my car. And it's not because I want to leave. I would rather stay and hang out, fellowship with you guys. But I just want to t- tell everyone, I've tried to get around and meet people and try to remember names and and all of that. That's hard to do. Uh, but I just want to thank you guys for your hospitality. Um, this is a great church, great people. Um, and, and you guys should be proud uh, to serve here in the city of Las Vegas. Um, this 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 afternoon, uh, Pastor Arb... We brought us brought us here to the church a little bit early and I went I went down to Starbucks and just was just getting ready for tonight and kind of preparing my mind and preparing myself and you know just had a long talk with Pastor Art about his family, about the church, asking some questions about this city and, and different things. And I really feel like you guys, this church, and, and when I say you guys, I'm I'm talking to I'm talking to both churches that are here represented here tonight. Um, I think it's very special. It's very rare, but it's also very special. When churches can work together in the same community, and uh, what you have regenerate and here at PCLV is very special. And uh, the friendships that I see, kind of going cross cross churches, is is it's not normal. I'll just tell you that, to be honest with you, it's really not normal. It's rare to find. And uh, the fact that you guys have been able to do that, I think it speaks about the heart, not not for self, but the heart for others. The whole concept of love. Is is obvious when, when when people can work together like that? Yeah. But I, when I so I'm speaking of both when I, when I when I say this, I really feel like you guys are on the cusp of something great, and I think the word from God for you before I get into a message is not to be afraid. A lot of times when you try when you take a step of faith and something doing something different, it's scary, and I I learned that a long time ago. You know. I, I've always been weird when it comes to church. And people that know me best know me. I've always pushed the envelope. I've never been afraid. I've always been, and people badmouthed me for it, questioned my salvation about it, um, um, talked all kinds of mess about it. Tell you, and, and at first it was hard as a, as, a, as a young man trying to find my way in, in ministry and trying to find my way and get out what God put on my heart. I'm a firm believer when God puts something on your heart, it's your responsibility to get it out. It's not his responsibility to get out what's in your heart. He put it there for you to get it out. And uh, so I've I've had to, to learn to take scary steps in my life. And um, as a result, God's, God's, God's breathed on a lot of the things that I've been able to do in my life. It's just the truth. And I feel like just being in here for you guys, I just want to say this. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because I think God, God, obviously, this city is much different than 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 where we are from. It's very different than Fresno. It's very different from LA. And um, and I think in order to reach this city and this community, you're going to have to do things just radical, just different. And it, and it, and it's going to seem like, is this God? Is this is this is it? Yes, it is God. And you should do it. And and don't look back. Just go for it. And when God puts something on your heart. It may have never been done before. And that's something that God told me. Just because it hasn't been done before doesn't mean that it's not me. Jesus was the first time Jesus came. It had never been done before, but it was God's plan. And that's how God works. And so you don't have to measure yourself up against other churches. Don't have to follow what other churches are doing. You don't have to be the same. You don't have to look the same. You don't have to use the same systems. You don't have to do any of that. You just need to do what God's put on your heart. And if you do that, God's going to breathe on it. And I feel like, I really feel like that is, you're on the fence right now. The cusp, go either way. And so I want to challenge you to roll the dice and don't be afraid. Remember what God said to Joshua. He says, have courage and don't be afraid. I'm with you. And I, f- I really feel like that for you, just, I want you to receive that. I don't know who that's for. I really feel it's for you. Um, but I think it's for, for all the soldiers that are in this room. Don't be afraid. Go for it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me let me just let me introduce my family to you real quick. Um, I I grew up in church. I was I was I was born in Kingman, Arizona, right down the street from here. Um, and uh, um, I I I got saved at uh, well I actually gave my heart to Christ as a very, as a kid, and uh, but it was one of those things. Maybe some of you are like me. You came to the altar like every three weeks to get saved again. That was that was kind of my thing. I was up and down, in and out. Um, I was I lived for God at church and then leave and do and, and be something totally different. I was very in and out all all my whole life until I got my ninth grade year of high school. That's um, when I uh, God met me in, a, in a, an unbelievable way. I gave my life to Jesus, and my my salvation experience wasn't at an altar. It was it was standing on a picnic table declaring that I'm a Christian. And I love Jesus. I did that in my high school. And that, that moment marked me as a, as a, as a, as a, as a, follower of Christ. And I've never looked back from that moment. Um, and, uh, it, God's, it, yeah, that, that was, that was it for me. And as a result, I get to, I get to brag on the, this crew right here. Um, of course you met my dad last night, right next to him is my mom, uh, sister Bonnie. she she hates this picture, uh, because her hair is being blown to bits. All right. But, um, um, from, from, from all the way to the right. That's my son, Drew. He's my middle son. Um, he, he's 18 years old. He's dating that girl right there. That's Lisa Van She She's actually living. She's a missionary's child from South Africa. So, so they have a long-distance relationship. She's here for six months, and we took her to Hawaii with us this, this past summer. So it was a lot of fun. Um, next to my dad is my daughter, Abby. Uh, she's 13 years old in eighth grade. Um, right next to her is the standout of the group. That, that happens to be my wife, Carrie. Um, I've been married to Carrie for 23 years, go on 24 years. Yeah, I texted her today. I said I'm hot for you right now, and <laughs> but I'm here in Vegas. There's nothing I can do about it. So, um, ne- <laughs> is that allowed here? I don't know. <laughs> True story. You can check my phone. You don't believe me? You can check my phone. That's the truth. Um, <laughs> next to me is, is, is my daughter-in-law. My, my, my son, Jordan, all the way on the left just got married three weeks ago. And uh, yeah, so that's my new daughter-in-law. So, so everything got more expensive. Christmas got more expensive. <laughs> uh, but, but I want to tell you something that's, that's right there is everything to me. I love God. I love ministry. Um, I love our church and, and uh, I'm thankful. But but my, my relationship with God has afforded me the opportunity to have a great family. And, and I'm so proud of that group right there and keeps me going. Amen. Keeps me getting up in the morning and serving and, and doing all the things that I do. Man, praise the Lord. Let's get into this tonight. What do you say? Is that cool? Um, I, I love I love the theme call, uh, love. I, I love it because I think it's something we're all called to do. Every person in this room, without question, you have been called to love one another. We've been called, it's, it's, it's a mandate from God to, to love God and to love our neighbor. I, I mean, we, we all have it. We, we're called to do it. Now, how we how we live out that call is it, it's it's different for every person. How it looks and how it works itself out is is, 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 di- is different for every single one of us. So this theme, love, is actually a very simple thing. But have you noticed that churches make simple things hard? Has anybody figured that out? if you've been around church any length of time a lot of times churches can take something that's extremely simple and can make it t- terribly hard and and but if i was to tell you tonight that at 12 p.m. or 12 a.m. tonight god was going to dial your phone number and he was going to tell you the reason you were born and he was going to spell out the call for your life, exactly what you're going to do, exactly how your life is going to turn out, exactly what you're going to do for God. If you if you knew that that call was coming tonight, how many would be excited? I, I, right? I mean, come on. We would be, we could not, if I told you that, you, we have four hours left. I mean, you wouldn't even know what to do with yourself for the next four hours. If God's going to call me. He's going to tell me everything, everything I want to know, everything that's going to happen to me, where I'm going to work how many kids I'm going to have, how many grandkids I'm going to have. He's going to tell me my ministry, exactly how it's going to work. If you if, if you knew that call was coming tonight, how many would be just like beside yourself? Like, oh my God, you know, let's get this service over with. You'd be pacing back and forth. Your phone would be right there. You make sure the battery's full, like everything, right? You you, 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 would, you would be excited about that. You would be overwhelmed with anticipation. Like you, you, you wouldn't even know. I mean, you, and if you got that phone call and God was just spell it out for you, this is exactly what I want you to do. How many of you would be all in? Like, like, like if God says, are you okay with this? You Would you be like, well, God, you know, no, you'd be like, okay, yes, yes, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. And, and so I want to talk to you about that today because God has done that. He has already done that. He, he has called you, he has set you apart, and he's called you to do something different. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. He's called you to do something that is different. And, and at the beginning of this year, we did a theme at our church, and the theme was called. And so I spent a lot of time um, in First Peter, because if you look in the book of First Peter, you'll hear the word called, you'll, you'll see the word chosen, you, you'll see these words over and over and over again throughout this book, you'll see this word. And, and being called to something is an awesome feeling. I mean, we experienced it as kids in school. Like when you were called uh, to be maybe the, the the hall monitor or you were called to, to, to be the teacher, teacher's assistant or or maybe you were called to be the student of the week. You know what I mean? Every time you you felt that call or got that recognition, that was an awesome feeling. Like you, you were, you were at the head of the class. It caused you to, to carry yourself a little different. Like you, there was something, there was some confidence that, that began to happen. I, it's kind of like me. I, I always, as a kid, my, we had a, we had a, like an amazing drama team at our church when I was younger. And uh, that was actually a really cool thing to do was to, was, to, was to have dramas like at church. And we learned from, from HP and they had this, they had this, they had this drama called homie, don't you know me? And, uh, you know, it was like, you know, the homie drama, you know, and it was exciting. They shot each other and people died and there was drugs and alcohol throughout the whole thing, you know. And I remember sitting there watching that drama and just like, man, I wish I could be a gangster in a drama. Like, it was a dream of mine. Like, I I, I wish I could put the hairnet on, the three flowers, you know, some Dickies, some Cortezes, you know what I mean? Stand like this and get the kneel, you know what I mean? I, I, why can't I do that? You know what I mean? Why can't they Why can't they call my number? You know what I mean? Why can't they say, Adam, we want you to be the gangster in the drama? And I remember I asked all the time for the part. Couldn't understand. Why in the world you don't give me the part? The dream, man. Can't he, Come on. Can't a guy just fulfill his dream, his destiny? I want to be the gangster just once. Why, gotta, why do I got to be the white kid? You know what I mean? Why do I got to be, you know... Leave it to Beaver. You know what I mean? Why do, Why is that always my role? <laughs> I want to be the gangster. Can I be the bad guy for once? I remembered when they said, you know what, Adam? You're going to be the gangster in this drama. Man, everything changed. Like, the way I walked changed. You know what I mean? I felt like this massive confidence. Like, finally, someone recognizes the gift. You know what I mean? <laughs> something about calling. Something about calling. And here's the thing. You, every one of us in this place, we've been called. And that calling should produce some confidence in us. The problem is a lot of times is we're questioning the call. We're always questioning, well, what exactly is it that God wants me to do? And and here's the thing is Christians get hung up on the word called all the time. It talks about calling and you know, I'm called to do this. Maybe someone, maybe someone preached a message about their calling and you you know, you, you sat there and you're just perplexed. Like, I I don't really get it. Like, I I don't really get what God's called me to do. Has God even called me? And Christians get hung up on this all the time. And so what tonight, what I want to do is I want to show you three types of calling that we all have. Three different types of calling that, that every, actually every person on the planet to some degree has all of these callings. And, and I'm gonna spend the most time on the third one, okay? So we'll get through the first two quickly. And then I'm gonna spend some time on the third one because we all have these three callings. We all have these three assignments from God. God's put it in our hearts to do. The first one is this we all have an eternal call to Christ. Just look at it on the screen, type it in your phone, write it down. Every one of us in this room tonight, you have an eternal call to Christ. And here's the thing today, all over the world, the presence of God is moving all over the world. And what is the Spirit of God doing? The Spirit of God is winning people. The Spirit of God is wooing people. The Spirit of God is drawing people and creating a spiritual hunger in people. Why? Because it's God's will that no one perishes, that all would come to repentance. What God wants, and the call that's going out to all humanity, is to say yes to the invitation of grace through Christ. It's an eternal call to Christ. Every one of us, God, the Bible says that God's put eternity in our hearts. That means we have an eternal size hole. And, and all our lives, we've tried to fill that hole. We've we've thrown all kinds of stuff in it. We've thrown career in it. We've thrown money in it. Relationships in it. Drugs and alcohol in it. Unforgiveness in it. We've done everything in our power to try to fill that hole. But the the only thing that can can fill that hole is eternity it's an eternal, it's an eternal hole. The only thing that can fill that hole is eternity. And the only, the only way we can get eternity is through Jesus Christ. Jesus is eternal. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And and when we accept grace through the gift of Christ, that eternal hole is filled. It's an eternal call to Christ that we all have. Are you with me today? We talk about Peter. Peter knew about this call. Peter himself knew what it was like to be called by Jesus in Luke chapter 5. Everything, I think all of us probably know this story. Peter's out fishing. He's a fisherman professionally. I don't think any of us in here probably do that because there's 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 not an ocean nearby to do that. At. But 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 here's Peter, he's a professional fisherman. He's good at it. Like this is what he gets paid to do. It's how he feeds his family. The Bible says that Peter's out fishing one day. He's got the nets on on, on the side of the ship and 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 he's worked and he's toiled and he's labored all day. He's caught not one fish. I don't know about you, but I don't like to work and not get paid. He's not in a good mood right now. Any salesman in here, you worked all day and didn't get paid. Okay? There's nothing worse than that. Okay. So Peter is not happy. He's not he's not like, oh great, day's over. I get to go home. He's 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 ticked off. He's pulling in his nets. He's he's frustrated, he's worked all day, he's got nothing. And some guy on the shore, a rabbi on the shore says, hey, why don't you take those nets and put them on the other side? What do you think Peter's thinking? Seriously, dude, like, you're a teacher. You teach, I fish. Like, that's probably what he's thinking. Why don't you stick to the teaching, I'll stick to the fishing. But just to kind of like you know, to appease the guy, he takes the net, throws it on the other side. The Bible says that instantaneously, those nets filled up. Peter starts throwing fish in the boat, the boat starts, boat starts sinking, the, the, the nets start snapping. I mean, all of a sudden Peter realizes this isn't just a teacher. This this is godlike stuff happening. This is weird, okay? This is godlike stuff happening. So what the Bible says that Peter falls to his knees and says, Woe is me. I'm go away from me. I'm a sinful person. And Jesus, in so many words, says, Hey, I want you to follow me. From now on, you're going to be a fisher of men. It's an eternal call. From that point on, Peter's life was never the same because he was here, he was trying to fix a temporary problem, and God gave him an eternal result. He filled that eternal call. It was an eternal call for Peter, and we know that his life was never the same. It was an eternal call to follow Christ. Are you with me? That's the first calling we all have, same like Peter. The second call that we have. Is this we have a temporary call to an assignment? A temporary call to an assignment. Guys, we have these, these happen all the time in our lives. I think you could probably look back throughout your life and realize that all throughout your life you've you've been called at different times to do different things. Like me, I I was called for for for, at a time, thank God, I was called to be a gangster in a drama, okay? (laughs) But I'm not the gangster in the drama anymore. You know what I mean? I'm not still doing that. It was a temporary call. Thank God, right? Aren't you glad I didn't show up to conference with three, three flowers on, a hairnet, some Cortez's and baggy dickies? Aren't you glad I didn't show up like that? Well, well the reason is, is because it's not a temporary. It was a temporary call, not an eternal call. And every one of us have temporary calls. We feel called to a particular role for a particular season in our life, it's temporary. Maybe, maybe for you is you, you had a you had a you had a uh, a temporary call to study something. Maybe God put something on your heart to be a teacher or to be a nurse or to be a doctor or or or, or to figure something out or to to learn a trade. It was a temporary call. You don't stay in school forever. All right, it's a call. He's I want to learn about this. I want to I want to know about this. It's a call that God put on your heart, a burden that God put on your heart. Maybe maybe you're called a temporary call to be a witness somewhere, or maybe a temporary call to do something in the church. I've done everything in the church. Temporary calls. I thought it was the end. Like I remember the first time I taught Sunday school. I thought this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I love this. I remember when I started playing the drums for our church. I thought, man, this is all I ever want to do. I just want to play the drums forever. But let me tell you something. All of those things, different seasons in my life, God's had different callings that happen. And I moved from one to the next just like you did. It's a temporary call. Some of you might be looking across the room and you see a girl without a ring on. You're like, hey, I think I'm called to that. Well, there's only one way to find out. You know what I mean? Some of you will answer the call and say, hey, let's go out tonight. Is that legal here? I don't know if you guys do that here, but... But it's a temporary call, all right? You have to ask Pastor, well, if you're obedient to God, there's no telling how those things play out. Amen? But it's a temporary call, it's an assignment that God gives you for a season. I think everybody understands that. That's the second one. The third one is and what I want to spend the most time on tonight is we all have a daily call to live to a different standard. Okay? This is this goes without without questioning here. Every person in this room. You have been called to daily. Somebody say every day. every day. Right, every day. Every day you've been called to a different standard. And what I want to do is I want to talk about this call because this is what most people overlook. We spend a lot of time talking about a, an eternal call to Christ. We spend a lot of time talking about salvation, which we should. We spend a lot of time talking about a temporary call. We talk about it all the time. God's called you to go go reach your neighbor. Okay, this is... It's awesome to do that, and we should do those things. We don't spend a lot of time talking about a daily call. You we don't, we don't we don't spend a lot of time talking about a daily call to a different to 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 live to a different standard because it's not that exciting. It doesn't make for like a really exciting conference message, and that's why I'm preaching it tonight. It's a daily call, and I want to talk about what most people overlook because this is what God is calling every person in here to a life. a a follower of Christ, every life that's a follower of Christ, you've been called to a daily call to a different standard. It's a different standard. It's entirely different than the world lives. It's something that you haven't seen before. And here's the the thing. I want you to catch this this because this is the whole gist of this message. When we think of calling, we think of the do. God's called me to do this. talk about it all the time, right? God's called me to do that. God's called me to go here. God's called me to go there. We think about the do, like the action that we have to take in the calling. But that's not where God starts. God doesn't start with the do. He starts with who. Did you hear that? He starts with the who before he gets to the do. We all want to just jump to the do. But God starts with the who. Do you you get that tonight? He's more concerned with who you are than he is what you do. I'm going to say that again, because I'm going to give you a chance to say amen and, and, and redeem yourself. God cares more about who you are than he cares about what you do. Are you hearing that? Grab a hold of that tonight. That's that's the truth. He's concerned more about your 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 integrity. He, he's concerned more about your motives. He's He's concerned about your heart, because if the who's not right, the do will never be right. If who you are isn't right, what you do will never be right. Are you hearing that? We can we can pretend and we can put on a mask and, and, and we can sugarcoat it with, 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 with a version of love, but if the center of who you are isn't right, doesn't matter what it looks like, it, the do will never be right. I'm talking to somebody here tonight. God's concerned with the who... And when we take care of who, then we can get to do. We can't can't circumvent that. And the, the title of this message is this, is when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Has anybody ever lost their mind and forgot who they were? Come on. Come on. Anybody? Come on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some examples of when I did this, okay? But anybody ever ever lose their mind and forgot who they were? Come on. Okay, I'll give you a few examples, and maybe you can relate with me. I remember, you know, on, on our street at our church, we have two buildings, okay? We have the church building across the street. We have our youth facility. Our youth facility has is, is, been all kinds of things. It's been a skate park. It's been a concert hall. Right now, it's an amphitheater. It's, it's all kinds of things. And, and uh, I remember this one particular day. We had decided because grass does not grow in this place. Okay, we've done everything. We've changed the sod. We've we've tried everything. We but it just doesn't grow. And I'm 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 German. Okay, and that causes me to like if things don't look a certain way, it drives me crazy. I'm just like I can't handle cables. I can't handle mess. I can't handle when grass is brown. Okay, it bugs me. All right, so I never make it here in Vegas. All right, so so anyways. I, I I I'm 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 there and we decided to put fake grass in. It was the greatest day of my life because it's always green. It's awesome, okay? And so we put this nice beautiful grass. It's even cool because it has little pieces of of, of like dead grass in there. So it looks real, man. It's it's insane. I love driving up to the church like it's green again. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like awesome. So anyway, so so our neighbor decides that he they're gonna do some work on their property or whatever. So they took their fence off and they just threw it on our grass. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt. Like I drove up, I'm I'm excited to see the grass, and I just see like stuff all over it. You know, I'm like, I'm not a little upset about this. You know what I mean? Like, how dare you? Like, do you know how much how much work and labor and toil I went through to get that grass there? And so the guy's out there, he's smoking a cigarette, you know what I mean? He's just kind of like, He's just a grump all the time. You know what I mean? It's just like, I hope he never gets saved. Anyway, so I just, I'm <laughs> <sorry>, just kidding. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> anyways, sorry. I should have not said that. But anyways, erase that from the podcast. So anyways, he's out there smoking. You, know, I'm, I'm going to hit this fool up. So I told him, I said, hey, what's going on with this fence on our grass? And he's like, I don't even know what he said. I'm like, listen, am I supposed to pick this up or are you going to pick it up? He goes, "I'm picking it up." I said, "It's not my fence." That's not the answer I was looking for, you know what I mean? And, and so I got a little upset. And so here I am. I I'm getting I'm getting a little I'm getting ticked off. I end up getting right in this guy's face. I'm like I'm like John with this guy. Right about that time my dad comes out of the prayer meeting from the other building. He's walking across the street. I'm like pointing at this fool. I'm like, "Listen, I'll take you down. You don't know me." <laughs> Gangster coming out. That's right. See, it's in me. It's a call. Okay, so I'm like, I'm ready to throw down. All of a sudden, it just hit me. I saw my dad walking across the street. Thank you, Jesus, walking across the street. And I'm like, dang, I'm supposed to be the pastor here, man. I'm trying to throw down with the neighbor. What happened? I lost my mind. I forgot who I was. I forgot who I was. I remember this one time. We had a skate park in this same building. Every day after school, kids would come and skate at at our church all these skaters, man, and it, it was pretty cool, you know, skating and stuff, but but this one particular day, I was in my office on the inside of the building, skate parks going on on the outside of the building, okay, so I'm working away, doing my thing, and all of a sudden, I start hearing, fight, 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 I'm like, fight, you know what I mean, like, <laughs> awesome, you know what I'm saying, so I'm like one of those little kids, you know, in high school, I'm like, go oh, fight, you know, so I ran outside, and I'm like, come on, get them, you know what I mean, I'm, I, and that's what I'm doing, like, take them down, and then I realized, like, I'm in charge. I'm in charge. I'm supposed to stop. I'm supposed to protect these kids. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get in trouble for this. What happened? I lost my mind. I forgot who I was. I remember as a, is it okay? Can we tell some stories here tonight? Is this all right? Okay. I remember, I remember this one particular time. This is, this is, this is really crazy. Is it okay if we, do we, we're not on a time limit? We can go for fun? Okay. All right, check it out. Three hours, okay? I'm going to tell two more stories. I remember as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a new youth pastor, you know what I mean? As a youth pastor, you're just trying to get the kids to like you, and, and, and you want them to think you're cool. And, and so after this one Friday night Bible study, I was still living with my parents. wasn't married at the time. About, I was like I was 19 years old, and, and the kids were like, come on, Adam, take us. Let's go toilet paper someone's house. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. All right, you know, trying to be cool. You know, I didn't really want to do that. I wanted to go home. I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah, where do you want to go? I said, and, and and the kids were like, let's go get Pastor Carl's house. I was like, that's such a great idea. Yes. So we went to the store. I bought a bunch of toilet paper, rolls and rolls and rolls of toilet paper. And we, we just jacked my parents' house. It was the most beautiful toilet paper job. You couldn't even see the house when we were done. It was like a mummy, okay? The, the whole house was like a mummy. Sick. So I snuck into the house, went to sleep, got up the next morning. You know what I mean? I'm, I was kind of excited for my parents to see it, you know? <laughs> parents walked outside, you know, and I was like, mm-hmm, you know, and they said, they said, I said, they said, nice job. Get out there and clean it up. And I'm like, what was I thinking? I live here. I'm going to have to clean this up. Why would I do that to myself? What happened? I lost my mind. I forgot who I was. Forgot who I was. I remember this one time my mom, my, uh, back in the day at church, I don't know if you know this, I, I had to ask Pastor Art for the dress code because some churches are just crazy like this. They make you wear all kinds of ties and weird stuff. That's how Praise Chapel originated. Like, you didn't go to church without a tie. If you showed up to do ministry without a tie, they send you home. It's true. So I just, I just had fun with it. I had, like, dinosaur ties and cartoon <laughs> ties, Homer Simpson ties, just crazy stuff. Anyways. So anyways, my, my, my mom said, hey, I want you to go to TJ Maxx, pick out a tie for your pop, and leave it there. I was just barely starting to drive. I, I, you know, I'm, I was going there to buy, buy my dad an outfit, and my mom says, you know, I'm, I, your dad likes the ties you pick out. Pick out one for your pop and leave it there. I'll, I'll swing by and buy it for him. I said, okay, cool. So I went to TJ Maxx, and um, I'm shopping, going through the thing. I've got some clothes together, got a tie, um, and, and, and put it in my pocket, like dangling out to here. Went to the cash register, bought my stuff, then walked out the store. No sooner I walk out the doors, these guys grab me, okay, and like you, you heard, this was an easy steal. And I'm like, "What are you talking about? Like, I, I just bought this stuff." And he's like, "What about that toy in your pocket?" I'm like, "Oh man, I meant to leave this here for my my mom's gonna come later today. She's gonna." He's like, "Yeah, right, you know." And he took he dragged me in this back room. They started to question me, and I had insomnia. I just for, not insomnia. I just am, amnesia. I forgot my name allegedly. Anyway, so I, 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 I told him like a different name and everything and they rang it up and it turned out they had like a dollar limit that if once it goes over a certain amount, they're going to get the, the police involved. So it was like a few cents over. So they had to call the police, you know, so police come and he's a really cool guy. He's like, man, you know, I said, listen, officer, I really wasn't trying to steal. He was like, he's like, you know, I, I, I understand, but I got to do my job. I got to get your, I got to, I got to kind of contact your, your parents. And, uh, uh, once we get in contact with them, that's fine. We'll just, We'll just let you go. It's not a big deal. And uh, so let me just, just get these numbers and stuff that you gave us. We'll call your parents. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's got the wrong information. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, man. So he's in there, and he said, oh, somehow the name's not working out, so I'm going to get the DMV involved, and I'm freaking out. You know what I'm saying? I'm just freaking out. So so I said, hey, well, um, I got to go to the bathroom. He said, okay, no problem. Yeah, go to the bathroom. And so they walked me into this hall. And I went to the bathroom, I washed my face, man. I'm like, oh man, I'm so much trouble, man. You know, I just forgot, you know, that, that I wasn't really trying to steal the tie. And so I washed my face, I opened the door, I knocked down the, the clerk ran through the store like O.J. Simpson, jumped over the cash register across the street where I was met by two officers who, who who threw me to the ground, arrested me, took me back to the store where there's a huge crowd outside, including two members from my high school Bible club, okay? There I am in the back. Why did all this happen? I forgot who I was. I forgot... When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Okay, now check this out. Peter, (laughs) you guys like that, huh? Let's get serious now. So Peter, he's writing in in his letter, he's writing to a group of believers that would have had this problem. They would have had this problem. They would have been tempted to forget who they were. Because you got to remember, he's writing to the early church. These people were hated. They, they they would have been easily tempted to forget who they were. They were the first century believers, and 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 these these men and women, you know, they they were following Christ at a time when it wasn't very popular, and they were very misunderstood. A lot of people would have cu- accused them of, of three different things. They would have they would have accused them of being superstitious or magicians because they they they, they believed in miracles and and miracles and signs and wonders would kind of follow them. And so they thought, well, these guys are just like psychics and, 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 and magicians and, and superstitious. They would have been accused of being incestuous. The reason they would have been, been accused of being incestuous is because they would have these, these gatherings called love feasts, and they'd be there with their brothers and sisters. And so the rest of the world was like, oh my God, a love feast with the brothers and sisters? This is weird. Okay, they, so they'd have been accused of being incestuous. They, they would have been accused of being cannibals because their leader said, eat my flesh and drink my blood and this was kind of a message that they would preach so so there's 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 all of these people are are, are, are misunderstood and and we've got a world that that hates Jesus followers that, that that wants them dead that they're totally misunderstood and so here's Peter he's trying to address these guys because it would have been real easy for them to forget who they were It'd been really easy for them to kind of like like step aside and, and kind of like you know what I don't want to do this anymore. I'm nervous about, I'm nervous about this. And so Peter, in addressing them, and trying to challenge them, he tells them who they are before he tells them what to do. I think we can take a page out of his book because if you know what you're called, in order to know what you're called to do, you have to understand who you are. And so I want to read you a very, very famous portion of scripture that I know you've read before in 1 Peter chapter 2, in his letter to these believers Peter writes, and he says this in verse nine, he says, he says, you look at it. You are a chosen people. Okay. He says, you are Royal priests. You are a holy nation. You are God's very own possession. What has he done right there? He's just told them who they are. He says, you have been called out of darkness and into his wonderful light. He's what's he doing right there. He's He's telling them who they are. He look at it. He says, "You are royal priests." He says, "You are a holy nation." I mean, that this would have this would have done something to these people. He says, "You're a priest." These who were these people? Were they priests? No, they were just regular, ordinary people like you and I that were that had made a decision to follow Jesus. And here's Peter. He's saying, "You're a priest. You're you're a minister of the gospel, even you know, even though you have no training." Even though you don't deserve it, you are a priest. You are a chosen people, and, and, and you are a part of a holy nation. What's he saying? He's saying what you're a part of is bigger than you. There's a whole bunch of you all over the place. You are a part. You're not part of the, you're, you're a part of a holy nation. You're, you're filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You've got the light of God inside of you. Look, this is what he's saying to them. And, 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 and he's saying, you're part of something bigger. He's saying, you belong to God. You're God's very own possession. You're hearing this? He's, he's telling them who they are, that your bodies are not your own. You've been purchased by the blood of Jesus. Are you, are you seeing this? is what he's telling them. He says. He says, and look at it. He says, as a result of this, as a result of what? As a result of who you are, you can show others the goodness of God. So in order to do what God's called you to do, you first have to know who you are. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Are you hearing that? When you know who you are, you'll know what, what you're called to. What did God do? God's called you out of darkness. So Peter's telling them, God's called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Guys, we have been called. That's what it said right there. Peter said, you've been called. You've been chosen. You've been invited. You're no longer in darkness. You have now stepped into the light. Our lives have been transformed. We're, We're no longer what we were. We are a new creation is what Peter's saying. Everything old is gone. Everything that we are is new. We've been transformed by the love of Jesus. This is what Paul, this is what Peter is saying. We've been set apart and we've been called. When you know who you are, you'll know what you're called to do. Now, thank God today that when when the world looks at us as a church, they're not walking by the church tonight and saying, man, a bunch of cannibals in there. That's not what they're saying. They're not saying, Oh, look at those incestuous people. They're not, they're not calling us that. We're not being accused of those types of things anymore. But let me tell you something. We do have a skeptical world when it comes to Christians. There's a world outside these doors that look inside of this room and they're going to label us. They misunderstand what we're about. They're going to label you as self-righteous. They're going to label you as judgmental. They're going to they're gonna label you as small-minded. They're going to label you as intolerant. They're going to call you a bigot. This is what the world that we live in. This is what the world thinks. This is what they've been brainwashed to believe. This is what we have to, as Christians, we have to deal with today. And and here's the truth: some so-called Christians have earned those labels. I mean, you don't have to you don't have to look very far to find some intolerant bigots. It's in our society, man. You don't have to look very far to for racism to peek its ugly head in church in the name of God. There's Christians that have earned those, those names for us. They've, they, they've, they've given us. We have, we, we have, we, we've got tons of current events, and we can see it all the time, of hate and bigotry in the name of God. We can see it all the time. And so Peter is going to say the same thing to us in this room tonight that he said to those first century Christians when he wrote this letter. He, he's writing to us, and he's saying that your daily calling is to rep Jesus in a skeptical world. And we can see it in our text, verse 11, First Peter chapter 2. Put it up there. It says this. He says, dear dear friends, I'm going to warn you tonight as temporary residents. Aren't you glad that this world is not our home? That we, this this is just this is temporary. He says, I warn you as 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 aliens to keep away from worldly desires that wage against your souls and be careful. Look what it says to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they're going to see your behavior and they're going to give honor to God when he judges the world. Listen, this is the calling that we have every day that I was talking about earlier. It's to live to a different standard. It's to live differently, to follow a different standard. Peter says this world that you're a part of here, it's not your own. This is not where you live. And so because of that, we live differently. We don't live like this is our home. We live like we're passing through. We don't hold on to the things of this world. We abstain from sinful desires. And so Peter is going to say, put that scripture up for me. Peter is going to say that I want you to live properly. Look at it. I want you to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. And, and, And that even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they're going to see your behavior and they're going to give honor to God. In other words, they're gonna look at your love and they can't deny it. They're not gonna be able to argue with your love. Come on. Notice what Peter does not say there. He does not say, hey guys, convince them to believe like you believe. That's not what Peter says. What he says is, we're gonna show them what we believe by how we behave. That's what he says. He says, we're gonna show them what we believe. By how we behave. We're going to live honorably. And I believe with all of my heart, I'm going to say this real quickly. I want you to hear this. I believe that in the culture that we live in, especially in the city that you guys reside in, the city that I reside in, we're going to have to earn credibility. It's not going to be given to us. We're going to have to earn credibility. We're going to have to earn a voice. And how do we do this? According to Peter, the way that we do this is by showing some love. According to Peter, we treat people with love, we treat people with respect, we treat people with grace, and as we do that, we will earn the right to have a voice in this world. We'll earn the right to have a voice in this community. We need to show people what we believe by how we behave. Just to pull a page out of my dad's book. We're going to show them what we believe by how we behave. Before I tell you what I believe, I'm going to show you how I live. I'm going to show you how I live. And this is so important today in Christianity because the best defense is a good offense. The best defense is a good offense. I want you to hear this. You see, this is what happens, is that that a lot of times Christians, what they do with most of their time, they feel like their calling is, is to defend the church. I hate Facebook for this very reason. I hate I hate it. I hate it because you got a bunch of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got. I got. I'm gonna lose my mind here in a minute. Forget who I am. We got a bunch of. We have a bunch of Christians trying to defend the church, trying to explain why everyone else is wrong. Ever seen those dumb arguments on Facebook? Christians going back and forth, arguing with people, telling people they're wrong, telling them they're gonna burn in hell, and doing all this crazy stuff. I even seen people that are my friends that's in our church try to defend the church. Listen, we don't need to defend the church. That's not what we're called to do. I'm not going to defend the church. I'm just going to continue to tell you this is who I am. I don't have to defend. I don't have to defend what I do. I don't have to defend who I am. This is our mission. I'm just going to tell you what our mission is. I'm not going to defend our mission. I'm going to tell you what I'm called to do. I'm not going to defend what I'm called to do. I'm going to be a radical giver. I'm. A, I'll give you. So you can pray for all these. Every time there's a tragedy, pray for this place and pray for this place, and that, that's fantastic. But listen, let's be honest. How many people that actually post those dumb pictures are actually getting on their knees and praying for them? Come on. There's a lot that I, I don't. I don't buy that stuff. I, I, rather than just do that, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'll give you. I'm gonna. I'm not only gonna pray, but I'm gonna give to that. I'm gonna be a part of the solution. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be cheerful in it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be a part of it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna love the community. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm not going to bag on the community. I'm not going to I'm not going to be intolerant about the way people act and I'm not going to I'm not going to point out people's sin. I'm just going to love them in their sin. Cuz that's what God's called us to do. I believe it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And so I'm just going to continue to give. I believe that the church doesn't exist for me. I believe that I am the church and the church exists for the world. That's what I believe. I don't believe the church is a building. I don't believe that. I'm, I'm not gonna defend, I'm not gonna defend the church. I am the church. Hello, is anybody here tonight? I'm not gonna defend the church. Why would I need to do that? Jesus is the one that, that called the church. I'm, I'm part of that. I, I believe the church doesn't exist for me, but I exist for the world. That's, that's what I believe tonight. And so what Peter is saying is the same thing. He's saying, I want you to live properly. Among your unbelieving neighbors, I'm not going to. I'm not going to make myself known for what I'm against. I'm going to make myself known for who we are for and what we stand for. That's what I believe is important. Does anybody agree with that tonight? Amen. Look at verse 15. Are you guys? Are you guys with me tonight? Look at verse 15. It says, "It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant fools." who make those foolish accusations against you. So you, you know, a lot of times it's when Christians mess it all up because they're trying to silence them by their own mouth. I'm going to defend it. I'm going to shut them up. How many you know you'll never get the last word? <laughs> you'll never get them to shut up by talking, talking about it. It's, it's not, it doesn't work that way. Peter's telling us right here, he said, it's, it's God's will that how you live. The by, your, the by your actions, it's going to shut them up. You don't have to defend yourself. Just live it out. Can somebody say amen to that? It's the way you live. It's not what you post on social media that sets you apart. It's the way you live that silences the talk of people that think they know better. So what's our strategy? We're going to confidently love the world. That's it. We're going to love irrationally. The world, to the world, it won't even make sense. But that's what God's called us to do. We're going to give extravagantly. That's something the world doesn't understand. But we're going to do it. We're going to serve people faithfully. And we're going to do these things again and again and again and again because that's who we are. And here's the truth. We're not going to reach everyone, but we will reach some. We will reach some. So this is what we do. Look at verse twenty-one of our text. Peter goes on and said, "said this." Verse twenty-one says, "For God called you. You want to know your calling? God called you to do good, even if it means suffering." You're like, "Wait a minute. Hold up. Right. Wait a minute. Let me put some bass in here." You know. Anyways, <laughs> for God called you. <laughs> You were thinking it. Don't lie. God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. Look at it. Do you want to know what you're called to do? Just keep that scripture there. Do you want to know what you're called to do? You're called to do good. You're called to do. That's your calling. And we're called to do good even when it sucks. I'll just put it in our language or my language, however you want to look at it, okay? You're like, I don't talk like that. We're called to do good even when we don't like it, even when it doesn't feel good, even when we want so desperately to be bad. We're called to do good. Here's what I hope you understand. There are times when you do what's right and you'll suffer for it. It's the truth. How many have experienced that before? When you are, all you want to do is you want to do what's right, and and, and, and and even when you're trying your best to do what you think is right and do something good, you'll suffer for it anyways. Now, in the first century church, they suffered in ways that go way beyond our understanding. We have no reason to complain. Our suffering is like small potatoes compared to what these, these men and women went through. Like, our suffering is like we don't get invited to a party. <laughs> He forgot about me, you know. We don't get that promotion. If I didn't get the raise they did. They're they're foul. How could God allow that to happen? You know, what I mean, we our suffering is 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 that that other students in our school make fun of us, you know, or, or someone talks smack about the fact that we're a holy, you know, or something like that, or or when you walk around somebody, they don't talk; they they all of a sudden start whispering. That's our suffering. Oh my, it's terrible, isn't it? All right, that's that's what we go through. But even when we do good and suffer for it, we still continue to live with the love of Jesus burning in our hearts because why? It's the right thing to do. And we just continue to do good over again and again and again. And, and, P- and Peter goes on and he says that Jesus is our example. Look at it. He, he's our example, and we're to follow in his steps. What was Jesus? If he's our example, then I think we need to go to go we need to find out who he was. Who was Jesus? He was loving. He was gentle. He was kind. He was full of grace. What was he not? He was never arrogant. Are you hearing that? He was never condescending. Jesus was never rude. He was never proud. He never got defensive. He never was hateful. Who was Jesus? He was the sinless son of God. He loved the unlovable. He showed grace to those who were offensive towards him. Amen. And then Peter goes on. Because he says, Jesus is our example. Then Peter goes on, and he just starts unloading about Jesus. Look at it. He says he never sinned. He never deceived anyone. He didn't retaliate when he was insulted. He didn't threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what's right. By his wounds you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered. Listen to Peter. He's going off right here. He Once you were like sheep that wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. This is what Peter's saying. This is it. This is our example. This is the Son of God. This is Jesus who's, who's our example. And Peter goes on, and he shows how we're called to be different. And he calls us to be different in a way that we could never imagine, a way that this world will never understand. Listen, let's be honest. People that aren't Christians do good stuff all the time. So we're stupid to say, you know, we're Christians and we do good and no one else does. That's just retarded. That's stupid talk. Because there's a lot of unsaved people that do good stuff all the time. Like Christians aren't the only ones that do good stuff. Okay? Let's be real about that before we start getting too crazy and and, and walking walking differently. There's good good non-Christian people that do good stuff every single day. I know a lot of people that don't like church, don't like God, do amazing things all the time. Okay? But what Peter begins to say is that our call takes doing good to another level. Okay? It goes to another level. Normally, you do something good for someone you like. Normally, you do something good because good is going to happen back to you. Normally, good people, i unchristian, unchristian, unsaved, (laughs) wow, unsaved people do good things all the time, but there's always a little bit of a little motive in the background that somehow they're going to get some notoriety because of it or something good is going to happen to them back. But but our call takes doing good to another level because, because our call is to do something good even when someone hurts you. And matter of fact, a lot of times in the world, when someone hurts you, normal is hurt them back. Matter of fact, some of us think that way today. It's just normal, comes natural. Someone flips you off, your fingers ready. You know what I'm saying? Like double barrel, you're ready to go at it. You know what I mean? Why? You're you're like you you, you use one hand, I'm gonna go two. You know I'm, mean? boom. That, <laughs> Normal, when someone when someone hurts you, you hurt them back. When someone hates you, what's normal? Hate them back. Right? Are you with me? When someone wrongs you, what do you want to do? You want to wrong them back. Oh, shoot them? Oh, man, dude, what's going on? This is like a whole new level over here. Gee whiz. When, shoot them. God, murderers in the, in the house. When someone is, man, gosh. That is gangster. (laughs) Normal is. (laughs) Sorry, man. (laughs) Normally, when someone is critical of you, are you with me? Don't lose me. When someone's critical of you, normal is to be critical back. That's normal. But Peter, he says, we're going to take it to a new level. And this is what our call is to do. You don't just have an eternal call to follow Christ, you don't just have a temporary call to an assignment, but you have a daily call to live different. And Peter's saying, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And so he says, if you're wronged, if you're hurt, if you've been offended, you need to see that as an opportunity to respond in a different way. This is what Peter's saying. What are you called to do? Look at look at 1 Peter 3, 9, just one, one chapter later. He says this. He says, we don't repay evil for evil. We don't retaliate with insults when people insult us. Instead. We pay them back with a blessing. This is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his, don't miss this. What are we called to do? Look at it right there on the screen. We don't repay evil for evil. We don't retaliate when we're insulted, but we pay those deeds back with a blessing. Did you hear that? With with a blessing. This is what God has called you to do, and he will grant. What are we called to do? When someone asks us to go a mile, we're going to go two. That's what we're called. That's different. What are we called to do when someone asks us for our shirt? We're going to give them our jacket, too. It looks different. That's what love is. Love is different. Whenever someone curses us, we're going to bless them back. We're going to heed love, what the Bible says. Whenever someone hates us, we're going to pray for them, and we're going to show them the love of Christ because we're called to something different. You know what you're called? You're on call tonight. You're not called. You're on call. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you're a follower of Christ in this room, you know who you are. You are chosen by God. Did you hear this? We're just going to rewind Peter. You are chosen by God. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy. You're not the Raider Nation. Okay? You may think you are. Las Vegas think you're part of the Raider Nation. Come on. You're not part of the Raider Nation. You are a holy nation. That's That's what God said. You're a holy nation. You are a people that belong to God. Are you hearing this? Therefore, because of these things, because you know who you are, I'm going to say it again. You are chosen by God, a royal priest, a holy nation. You're a people that belong to God. You've been brought out of darkness into his marvelous light. And because of these things, you have been put on call. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. You are on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week to help people that need help. You are on call to show love to people when they feel lonely. No one should feel lonely in our presence, ever. Are you hearing me? No one should ever feel lonely in our presence because we're on call. We're we're, we're, called to love the lonely. We're called to help. No one should ever go hungry when we're around. No one should walk around naked if we're near. We're to show love. We're on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're called to do good. We're called to give when someone has a need. Straight up. You're on call. And anytime the devil tells you or Satan tells you, your own mind tells you that you can't and that you're not important and that you're not good enough, you got to say no. No devil, I'm not listening to that. I've been chosen by God. I'm a royal priest. I'm part of a holy nation. I belong to God. I have been put on assignment. This is not a temporary call. this isn't this isn't this isn't something that you know that's in my mind. this isn't something like that. I'm, I have a daily assignment to live different to let the light of Christ that's in me shine and they say that this city is full of darkness well good. I hope it is because light always is brighter in the darkness. Okay, light is always always brighter in the darkness, and so I daily show the love of God. Amen. In your neighborhood, you walk your neighborhood every day. This is what we do all the time, and and I'm gonna use a I'm gonna use this as an illustration. But just just put it in your own situation. But we walk around our neighborhood, and we see. If you're like me, I told you I like green lawns. So walking down my street, and someone didn't pay attention to their lawn. It's happened in my neighborhood. It bothered me. Mow your lawn. Come on, man. Like you're bringing down the whole neighborhood. Mow the lawn, lady. <laughs> hire hire a gardener for goodness sake. Put some put some put some you know water it. Gee whiz. So I walked by that lawn and and upset. I finally decided. You know what? I'm gonna mow her lawn. This woman's not going to mow her lawn. She's not going to. I'm going to turn on her sprinklers. I'm going to mow her lawn. I'm not, I'm not going to complain about this any longer. We're going to green up that lawn. It's going to look well manicured and it's going to we're going to bring the neighborhood up. That's what we're going to do. Well, I'm going to mow that lawn. And so I did. I went down there and I mowed her lawn. And then I and then she came outside. What are you doing? I'm mowing your lawn. What's it look like I'm doing? I'm going to mow your lawn. I just began to show her love. Turns out she's a, she's a widow. I'm out there mowing her lawn, mowing ministry. And then at, and then at Christmas, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to buy some Christmas lights. I'm going to put them on her house. And so I did. And I just took what I thought was a negative and what was irritating me. And I looked at, I, I, I and God just kind of said, put it on my heart to, to use as an opportunity to do good. Cause that's what we're called to do. You drive down the same streets all the time. Let's let's make love practical. We can get all excited and do nothing. But let's make love practical. We drive down the same streets all the time and we point out all the blights. I hate that. Why don't they do something about that? I'm sick of that. Do something about it. Maybe 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 it's time for you to have a mowing ministry. Ever been in line at a grocery store? Ever been in line at a grocery store and someone got all their got all their groceries and you're in a hurry, you're like you got one thing, you know, you got one like half gallon of milk. You're like, come on, and this this big old cart full of food. You're like, dang, you know. Hopefully she sees me, and I just kind of stand there. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Then you breathe hard, <laughs> like like you're in a hurry. This lady. I remember sitting there, she she didn't see me. You know what I mean? I'm like, dang, jerk. You know, <laughs> un, totally, totally not cool. So I'm sitting there. You know what I mean? Like, please. So then they ring her all up, she, and she's, she's in her purse. I'm like, I don't know what happened. I don't have enough money. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, you didn't know when you were filling your basket with all of that stuff that you didn't have enough. All this stuff, is anger is in me. You know, I'm, th- I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, you know what? Rather than do this, let me just give the 20 bucks to help her pay for her groceries. And so I did. So I, you know what? I felt so good leaving that store that day. I felt so good. I was angry at this lady for no reason. And so I, I, I had a grocery ministry that day. Had an opportunity to help somebody out. That's it. I think we miss these opportunities all the time. We're like in such a hurry to love the world that we miss all the opportunities around us all the time. We just forget who we are. We're so so in a hurry to be a Christian at Praise Chapel that we miss an opportunity to be be the the love of Christ in the world that we live in. We miss miss it all the time. And so I guess my challenge for you tonight is is to tell you, you're on call. You don't just have an eternal call to follow Christ. Thank God that you've accepted that call and you've given your life to Christ. Thank God for that. But you don't just have a, an eternal call. You don't just have a temporary call. The ones we get excited about, I'm going on a missions trip. Woo hoo hoo! Oh, this is going to be great. Listen, that's a temporary call. It's over quick. It's, it's 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 a bunch of it's an opportunity to take some pictures of what you did for God. But but listen, it's over quick. But the most important call that you have as a Christian is a daily call to live different. It's a daily call to live different. You're not called to go to church. That's not your call. You're, you're not even called. Your call is not to pay your tithe. These are just the overflow of what we do as a Christian, as a believer. It's, what we want. it's our opportunity to fill ourselves up. That's not your call. Your call is to live different. It's to hold yourself to a different standard. It's to look for opportunities to love the world. And that's what this theme is about. I know this is the heart of your pastors. I know this is the heart of your pastor. We're here to serve this city. The only way we're going to serve them is not by having church. We're going to serve them by loving them differently. Loving them differently. Amen. Bow your heads. All over this place. Close your eyes just for a moment. Amen. All over this place. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Amen.